Hi, I'm Jamie Stegmeyer, and you're listening to Board Chitless. Hey there, chitheads, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Daz. Tristan. Sam. <laughs> Sam gets the award for being the most enthusiastic. And this week we've been playing Tapestry from Stone My Games. We've also been playing 1565 St. Elmo's Pay. <laughs> Someone else say it. What else have we been playing, Sam? 1565 St. Elmo's Pay. About the Great Siege of Malta. The very same. By Tristan Hall. Of that, is Nothing Productions. that is the one. Great Siege in history, apparently. It was, it was a pretty great siege. <laughs> was, you know, if, if the game can be trusted. <laughs> there was uh, there's some nice stories in there. Shall we, shall we talk about that first? We played two games of two player, didn't we? Simultaneously. Yeah, because that's how we do it. It's almost like a mini tournament, and I did not win the tournament. I got beaten by the game designer narrowly. How did you guys get on? My leader got sniped in the head and got taken out, so I lost by lack of leadership. I was the Ottomans, yeah. I was going for the the forts, the fortresses, but uh, just left left the Ottoman leader wide out in the open, so that's... Dressed in his finery. Headshot. Not anymore. Big target on his head. (laughs) (laughs) He hung on for quite a while from what I could see. It was was full of bullet holes for the the most part of the game. Yeah, for a while I thought I'd found an interesting tactic, but uh, I don't think I'll use it again, play that way again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you did right to move him around a bit, Hmm. not just keep him in one, one spot. And he doesn't look that active a bloke, actually. So he did, he did well. For it wasn't it. his seventies, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, given his due, he did to last that long. As he did. He yeah. did, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. It's a bit like ten sixty six. There's a lot of flavour text on there that tells you about what's going on and why some of these uh, cards are as mad as they are, <laughs> like shooting heads out of a cannon or. Uh, had some, some guys swimming, the Maltese swimmers. Oh, the Maltese swimmers! Are <laughs> yeah. One of my favourites. <laughs> I said to Lecky, "I'm not going to go easy on you. I'm going to make sure that this." Like Ottoman deck is as tough as the, the knights, you know, and give you a really good going over. And then by the end of the game, we totally came down to the wire, and I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> and uh, we had we were fighting over all three frontiers, and uh, Lecky made the most epic comeback, uh, and it was really touch and go. By the end, we had like eight damage each on two different objectives at the same yeah, time. And it was it good. Was, uh, I was amazed by how much I could actually come back. Out of it, because I, I thought I would just put up a bit of token resistance, and before I knew it, I've got like swivel <laughs> cannons blowing your ships out of the water. Yeah, I was I was trying to line up how to get like ten points of damage on all three frontiers at once, and then <laughs> all of a sudden I was fighting for my life. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that. And the um, the variable frontier um, health as well, instead of just having ten across the board, that made it interesting. Like the the big sturdy twelve fortress just disappeared, like you know, folded like origami. Yeah, I didn't expect that to go first, but yeah, same occasionally it's sort of... That was a rook for the other two. Well, the second game I mentioned before was Tapestry from Stonemaier Games. And that's a recent purchase from you, Tristan, is it? And just arrived yes, in the post. This was an actual purchase with money. This wasn't supplied to us huh, um, for review purposes. So uh, our, our opinions are honest, objective, <laughs> <laughs> or, or yours are anyway. I'm the one who paid for it. So crippling then. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there that I, you know, I didn't do very well 
and as a first game, I could have probably done, you know, played a bit better because I got lapped on the uh, victory points tracker, I think. It's not all about winning, Lucky. No, but, but at least beating contention would help. <laughs> yeah. Unless you win, in which case it's about winning. I think mean, I think there's a major chunk of the game that I overlooked. The only problem is I don't know which part of it it was. It still seemed a mystery to me watching <laughs> you guys play. Points. Yeah, but it's interesting. It's um, a bit of a different Euro from Stonemaier to what we're sort of used to. It's changed again from Scythe. It's not quite the same as Viticulture. There's loads more board action. Like there's a whole um, little geographic sub game there's a civilization builder there's a technology tree there's loads of like tracker races and then some dice chucking as well just for good measure it's very strange it's like it's elements of a civilization game but none of those elements feel like a civilization <laughs> game um, i do enjoy it this is the third or fourth time i've played and there's a lot to like in there and obviously the component quality is brilliant as always uh, graphic design could probably do with a bit of a once-over, maybe does. Uh, yeah. Um, but the <laughs> actual gameplay, you know, like exploring tiles and everything, it's weird. It's like a really, really, really abstracted version of a Civ. Um, my favourite part of lo like lots of different games is the tech tree, you know, and advancing either yeah. your character, levelling up your character or levelling up your civilization, or you know, unlocking new things as you go. And this felt so open. You've got tech trees on your mat and you've got tech trees on the board and the whole game is about pushing up these different technology markers. Um, but at no point did any of us really acknowledge what it was we were doing. I made a stab at it at first. I was like, I've built a raft. And then after that, I was like, I'll push the science up. I'll push the military up. You know, there was no real like, what have you actually yeah, physically the, the, done the, in terms of... The theme of is paper thin, isn't it? It's like cell, it's, you know, shading the cells on a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's... You know, you look past it and all of a sudden you see the bare mechanics of the game. Yeah. And um, it's interesting that you said, like, you, you opened up the game, like, getting a raft because you had the raft on the navigation sort of chart, you know, the big map in the middle. But then you just immediately bought a warship off the tech tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, you've, you've just discovered fire, but no, you also... I'm going to use this warship to build a raft. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that just sort of, thematically, it made zero sense whatsoever. But, you know, once you look... None of us seem to be bothered. Like, you know, we could have really, like, ripped into it, but we just sort of got on with it, you know. It's just, like, a bit of a it's engine building. It wasn't a tech tree as such, was it? It was just some tech cards that you just chose and they gave you various yeah. bonus. And the bonus didn't necessarily relate to what the card was anyway. So just be, yeah. here's a warship, have three victory points. The the building of the city as well with the little the the houses, houses and the landmarks. The Sudoku without the numbers. <laughs> that... that, that was interesting um but it, it it's a bit jumbled as well with the theme because but, but towards the end i had this like stone forge from the iron age next door to uh space airport. Uh, yeah. next door to nasa basically a, a shuttle that's about to take off yeah I was having um, mud huts and then train stations yeah yeah and like yeah well, that's how you forged your spaceships in, in that forge wasn't it yeah <laughs> yeah that's beat that's, out uh, over yeah. an anvil we were just uh, a <laughs> quicker way to get the titanium <laughs> they use, so, my uh, favorite bit was when uh, sam discovered warp gates and interstellar travel but didn't have any method to actually get into space you, you, that you'd, you'd, you'd jumped over one of, the, one of the most crucial spots on the track didn't you somehow and so you skipped over the ability to explore and just went to the i could play down a warp tile that i didn't actually own that was, that was it. you could play a warp tile but you'd skipped over the space where you gained the warp the tile only the space place. where you could gain them <laughs> Was that like a bit of a Leonardo da Vinci inventing the helicopter moment? It's like, yeah, it's a great yeah. idea. Which is exactly the same <laughs> as that bad. Japanese guy inventing the selfie stick in the 1990s. 
<laughs> Just too far ahead of his time. That's it. <laughs> too far gone. Too far gone. The civilization and um, town, is it capital city, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's like you're planning out. It's a bit of a, what do you call it, like a polyominoes sort of puzzle. But in order to make the game nicer, then the polyominoes have gone 3D, so they've become like little miniatures. So you lose the polyominoes feel to it. Because they just become like clunky miniatures, which it's probably better having a miniature than like a little bit of cardboard. But you just, again, you just seem to be a step removed from what the game is getting at. It's a strange one because it didn't seem to interfere with the fun. Yeah, you've yeah. got those super detailed miniatures and it's like, yeah, I've built space, a space shuttle launch pad. And then there's no, there's no follow up to that. It's, you yeah. Just, you just filled a part of your city. It's not like you can then launch a spaceship mm. with it or put something in the forge or anything. It's just, it just, it just fills a, a spot on your grid. It, it kind of feels like if you're going to do that city builder thing, that be the thing, you know, don't do a civ builder with a city in it. Build a forge, then you can level that up and do that instead of leveling up warships that have nothing, no bearing on anything and then explore for the sake of it. Maybe just do it as a city builder with, you know, worker placement city builder, have a tech tree there. Yeah, in another game, mm -hmm. if you built a tank factory, then tanks would come out of it at some point. <laughs> and it's just like, I've got a tank factory. That and end. a pottery. <laughs> Basically, when you're making your moves on this, the iconography's so good in terms of around the track. You, you were literally looking looking out for, for certain things, certain icons. There are sort of little bits of text, well, things that are named in, in the progressions that you're going to. So it was like telephone, comm station, data centre none of us were really talking about those so you're not talking no. about what you're doing yeah. you're just like, looking at the, the bonus of that yeah, weren't you? It's yeah. Like, there, was, there was a card i think was it lucky needed writing and none of us could figure out where it was <laughs> yeah. was it on the tech track was it on the military track yeah. and it turned out to be on it's on, on the playboard yeah it's like bit, one of the houses was obscuring it but i'd already revealed it i just didn't think of looking there and, it, you know, it's not um, like the design of the game's fault because it had the little meeple man next to it, which means, you know, it's with the meeples. Mm. We just weren't looking there because we just... Yeah, it's the game's telling it. you what you're doing. It's just how much attention you pay, <laughs> you pay to it. Which, uh, <laughs> well, Might explain how we I wasn't paying too much. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I went into this game thinking that it would be a bit like what Scythe is to... Um, 4x games you know it's like a euro take on exploration and exploitation but it just seems to be more of like a fun collection of mini games there's an asymmetric quality to it where each different civilization has uh, their own variable power for what you do before you go into um doing your resource gathering and mine was like a really cool push your luck game where you keep rolling the science dice and if the same symbol comes up a second time then you go bust so you do you cash in or do you move on and the risk reward like was there but it didn't feel like the reward was really worth the risk because if you went bust you got a resource but if you could manage it so that you've pushed one of the trackers off the edge then you get five victory points but you'd have to do most of that graft yourself anyway within playing the game and then just hope to get the last stage in the mini game so I was like, well, why isn't it 15? Dad's got a really good one. We had to predict the future and he yeah. got like loads of victory points. Well, right? I, I, I so thought it's your own future, isn't it? So you can just literally play to what you've yeah. predicted. Yeah. I thought it was quite clever. I predict I win. Um, no, it, I, I thought the individual civilization abilities was a really interesting thing. And it, the one that I had, the Mystics, worked in my favor a bit because 
you needed to predict where you'd be at the end of the game, um, how, how far along on certain tech trees, and there was a few other parameters as well. Um, obviously, not having played it before, I basically just threw the little markers down and just uh, just to see where they landed, but then had that noted. But as time went on, I was getting into the swing of it. It actually kind of became, they became my goals in the game and it gave me a bit of a route to go down. And nice. I achieved a couple of them. But I think with, without that, I probably would have felt a bit more sporadic in, in my movements and building a strategy um, because there is so much you can grab points from and you could be working hard at getting something. But then you, you, I was constantly thinking, is there something I could be doing which is going to earn me more points? Um, and they're all very different, aren't they, those uh, individual... The civilization, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's loads. Um, I think probably about twenty or something. So all of them play very differently. And yours was you could pick and choose some your uh, just a bonus bonus at the start of each age, couldn't Which you? Felt quite weak to some of the other powers. It was. But I think you were going for resources, weren't you? There was a victory point tracker on there, which you could have just guaranteed yeah. victory points every age, and it gets more and more. Yeah, um, five, ten, fifteen points across three different ages, which would have been okay, but I still was. It wouldn't have helped me in the long term because I still was more than that away from yeah. you in the end. Whereas yours was in about 40 points every round. <laughs> yeah, I ag aggressively pursued mine, which was the isolationists. And the idea was to hide away from everyone else, explore all your territory around you and try and link up the same um, terrain type. Yeah. So I managed to get all six terrain types next to each other and conquer them all. And at that point, it meant on two separate income turns, I got something like... 40 points each time, which is just... Yeah, you're like, yeah, that, that was the lead, board. Yeah, yeah easily. Um, so so I don't know if it's one of those OP ones or if there's something you guys could have done to stop it. I think maybe if you'd... If like, 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 like a conquered me. <laughs> well, you could have <laughs> done, you know. <laughs> it was, but from, from my point of view, it was a waste of time to try and stop him, though. No, I was only messy. I was still, <laughs> still, you know, still rotting away on the vine. And if you had, <laughs> there, there's another thing as well. There is a conquering thing where you can attack each other, but it's kind of pared down yeah. and kind of neutered. And we all had trap cards, which meant if anybody had attacked anybody, the person being attacked would have just gone, nope, and gained a load of points or whatever just prevented yeah, a couple it of resources and stuff i think and Daz that's, that's, didn't have one though he was he was right for the i picking. didn't see one though, should have so, totally yeah, for Daz. Yeah, but i didn't feel uh, any it, it seemed quite passive and i didn't really feel threatened at any point so i was wondering how much the sort of conquering combat you didn't exchange really explore anywhere did you you explored no, that one no. tile so. maybe yeah maybe it was yeah. fear <laughs> not um I think by the time you developed like airplanes and stuff as well, aeroplanes as we call them in the UK, <laughs> you, uh, that allows you to sort of explore into somebody else's territory. But by then you've mm. kind of conquered your way to yeah, you've the end of the military track. Yeah, you've already done all I went, okay, I'll just conquer that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's difficult to pull off. I guess the, there's probably a tactic that you could pursue to make sure you aggressively do that. And there's different, there's a race of militants. There's, um, so I imagine they're all about conquering other people. And there's one called Futurists or something that's, that's already been kind of uh, pilloried by the community and said, oh, don't use them, they're OP or whatever. So I just sort of dished out ours randomly to see yeah. what kind of a mix we'd get. But um, but even, yeah. but civs aside, the, re the, the meat of the gameplay isn't your civ power, is it? It's pursuing the tracks and making sure that yeah. you can tee up your turns by saving up resources to keep your turn going for as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, and also planning for future turns, which I always found really difficult having the right resources to get to the end of the track at the end of the game. 
and then going, oh man, I've fluffed it. That's not going to happen now. If the benchmark of a decent Euro game is the constant fear and panic that you've not got enough resources to do anything, then this game passes that test. Is. It's pretty staple of any Euro, really. Yeah. Talking about the rule book or to take it to the rule book, what do you reckon then? So we've got an Aislinn and finish once again. Aislinn and finish in four pages. What? Because it's no not, rules it's questions. It's not a straightforward game. It's four pages. It's that's mad. That's a work of genius. And a couple of crib sheets. But yeah. They're just little cheaties. Yeah, but right. how, how often did we refer to the crib sheets? Twice? Um, twice a minute if you daz. You wanted to keep looking at that <laughs> reference guide for I the just wanted to touch the Max a <laughs> Well, you get, um, for the landmarks, you get building plans. So I just wanted to sort of look ahead to plan my town, really, but uh, and touch the linen finish. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the component. So tactile. Yeah. But no, considering how much there's going on, how many different tracks there are, four pages, that's amazing, really. We picked it up pretty quickly, to be fair. So good work on that. Yeah, and is there a solo variant as well, Automa rules? Yeah, there's a whole Automa section. I've not even looked at it yet, but it looks as detailed. I think it's probably four pages again, actually. It looks like the Scythe Automa. It's the same gang, Morton, Munrod, Peterson and his gang. And it looks super detailed, supposed to be really good. So I'll have to break that out at some point. Would you play it again? I'd definitely play it again and try and learn some more rules (laughs) for that. I enjoyed it, I just didn't understand it. And that's what sort of frustrated me at the end. I was like, I don't know how to play better. <laughs> I'll play it again and maybe I'll do something differently. But at the moment, I just, I don't know what I did wrong. I did something wrong because you all scored so much more than me. And I um, I dropped out of the game quite early on. So it's just, it's a game where once you've gone through all the emotions and you've reckoned up at the end of the turn to generate resources, you get to do that up to five times. And once you do that, you'll then bow out of the game. You've got your victory points and you see how well you've done. And I finished the game second to last with just about six victory points between me and Daz. And he had his futurist bingo that I was waiting for to come in. So <laughs> it was obvious he was going like to overtake me. Gala bingo in the end. It didn't really yeah. much. Yeah. And, it was, and that's it. And it was about, it was a good like 20 minutes before everyone started finishing. I wasn't bored because I was just checking out, what, seeing what everyone else was doing and checking my phone. But I just, I still, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I still don't know, like, what's, what do I do again? It's weird because it's not quite player elimination, but it's no. kind of player elimination. So it's like, yeah. if, if you did the same thing in Eclipse, it would be because someone's wiped you out, you know, wiped you off the board. And in this game, it's, Everdell does the same thing. You resource yourself out of the game by running out of stuff that you can do. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think it was probably just ineffectual use of resources. You know, I was moving up tracks, but when you looked at it, I was ahead on one track, but didn't get to the end of it. And then the others, it was just sort of like a third of the way up each of them. Maybe I should have consolidated and tried to do better on less. It's resource keepy-uppy. Yeah. Mm. But that was the thing. I couldn't work out how to generate more resources on the fly. Whereas I looked at Daz and he'd um, finished one of his eras before me and was on to his last era. And he had like eight gold resources. Well, that was it. Uh, you were finishing the eras first, weren't you, Daz? So you get bonus resources from doing that. Uh, so you were yeah. getting those as well. My initial strategy was just to plough up the, the tech track. Um, that seemed to unlock those of the little yellow houses, which in turn, when you place those, gives you a gold bonus. Mm. And then that, uh, and the tech needs gold basically so i was just playing it back into that but didn't have that many of the other resources didn't work that well in the end because <laughs> i came third um but yeah you kind of find yourself 
getting into sort of combos with, yeah. with the sort of path that you've chosen you almost sort of appear basically there were some magic combos on the table yeah yeah no definitely I, I think I found my most productive turn in the whole thing was when I had the, the tapestry that was automatically colonised anything I explored so I just spent I think I explored about four times in the same turn and every time you explore you get a resource and when you colonise you get a resource Nice. So every time I was exploring, I was getting two resources, which was then going back into exploring further. Yeah, and also saving resources and having to um, do them as two separate actions as well, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. So was, because of that, being able to spread out very quickly, I think I, yeah. I ended up colonising about seven places within the first couple of turns. That then provided more resources going forward. Yeah. So be some of the spaces was gaining resources for every territory you control or victory points. So I was, that's yeah. where I started to generate from that Fair way. Enough. But it was using those colonization or using those tapestry pieces to the most effective. Yeah. Um, so I noticed that like, everyone at one point had some really good ones and everyone had some really poor ones as well at some point. Yeah, the tapestry yeah. cards. Yeah. 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 They were a bit hit and miss, but you, you do collect a lot of them. Yeah. And, and when you play one, you've got to kind of commit to it like you did. Yeah. Like I've got the exploring one, now I'm going to explore. Uh, there's a temptation to sort of, well, not a temptation, but like one of the things you can do is stick one down forget you've got to yeah. <laughs> uh, get through the era and go, oh, I probably should have done some, yeah. I don't know, tech building or whatever. And uh, yeah, you, you you really have to focus on those to sort of make the most out of them. Um, and they are swingy, I would say, a little bit in power. Can be, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some heavy duty ones and some lighter ones. A yeah. couple of mine were like, have 5 VP or 10 VP. Um, I seem to get all the like, you know, the... Sort of like non-ethically sound ones, like slavery, sli- yeah. tyranny. Was um, one of them. Was one. Yeah, there was a few. I put them all down. <laughs> there might not be a slavery one. I don't think it's um, forced labour. It, it, it is. Yeah, it, it's called um, something like um, capture the infidels. <laughs> exploitation. I think it is called, but it's, it's obvious. You know, it is. and it's you know it's part of history. You know, it happened. It was like and it with the artwork most more of like ancient egyptians mm. rather than modern well, history interestingly there is no history in this game it's not it's deliberately not based on any history or any historical like civilizations which is why you've got you were the mystics daz i was mm. the isolationists they're all there's I was, no i was the merrymakers <laughs> it's a big, it's a big God knows what your guys got up to. <laughs> so it's all yeah it's all deliberately anti yeah. there's no religion for example in it it's, no. it's very careful but to sort of avoid those sort of hot right. topics but tropes. then when saying that though when the artwork one of the cards is a man with a headdress lording it over a line of half naked people carrying heavy boulders then you know you're thinking this is like ancient egyptian sort of timey thing yeah, yeah. so it's you know it's yeah i suppose it can't be completely aseptic influence on history not based on history there you go yeah but you know it's not it's not such a bad thing to base anything on history because it's you know it's it's in our pasts hopefully we don't continue to you know continue, continue to relive history propagate these ideas <laughs> the warp yeah. gates they're from our past <laughs> well no not totally they're from, they're from the future past <laughs> you mentioned you played this one with Raphael and Francesca how is it going down with the family yeah, I think they found there was a lot to sort of process. Like, so Francesca prefers viticulture because it's quite clearly like yeah. making wine and everything that you do leads to that process and emulates that process. Whereas with this, as you guys mentioned before, you know, you've got your, your, your city Sudoku thing going on. You've got the tile flipping exploration. You've got four different tracks that each do something different. So there's quite a lot to take in really. And it's probably 
a big ask to thrust it on them. But I think they they both play it again, having played it once and sort of yeah. grok- grokked it a little bit. Um, but I, I do think in terms of what we were talking about before, in terms of like the abstraction of the theme, because it's quite hard to sort of from turn to turn say what it is that you're actually doing. Um, I think that makes it slightly less access- less accessible for non-gamers, really. But for me, I, I really like it. The tech trees is one of my favourite things about games. And so just having an entire game devoted to teching up and, and levelling up tracks and stuff, yeah. it's, it appeals to the Excel sheet nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit like, um, like it doesn't feel exactly like Super Mario All-Stars. But it's got that sort of like vibe to it where it's kind of like, you know, it's it's a bit like this thing that you like, but it's also got a lot of other things going on within it. Yeah. You know. It gives yeah, it gives a nice flavour of all the things and it, like. Yeah, and it feels very light despite there being so much to do and think about. You know, it, at no point did it feel so heavy that, you know, like Eclipse where you really like struggle you know, you know it's make or break in the next decision that you make. It might have been the same with Tapestry, but I just didn't feel the stress of it. Would you choose it over something like Scythe? God, no. Would, would, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't choose a lot of games over Scythe, though, to be honest. No, and I'm terrible at Scythe, so... <laughs> I prefer the competitiveness of Scythe, where you can actually... Well, I know you can in this game, but, the, the, you know, the... Um, March you, and you, you into can, someone's yeah, home world. And, and because you can do that, you, you can have more, more of an effect on other people in Scythe, um, whereas with this one... I mean, I wasn't really paying paying that much attention to what, what everyone else was doing. Yeah, it could have been um, a nice addition to have, like, barbarians, you know, like AI yeah, bots. Yeah. You know, you flip over a certain tile. Because you get to choose which tiles you place, but if it was a flipper tile and find out what happens kind of thing, it could have been cool to have sort of independent AIs that you have to tackle and maybe get XP for beating or, you know, something like that. Just yeah. a little bit of civilization now, isn't it? Well, yeah, but that's what it's trying to be. It's trying to channel like civilization elements, and I think that was one of the things that was missing. There's no sort of yeah. exploration element of civilization games. It's brilliant because you're like, oh, what's coming next? Flipping over a tile, and it could be resources. It could be uh, in this game tapestry cards or technologies. What if it was something that threatens you, but then if you beat it, you you get something more. You know, it would it would have brought into the military track a little bit more. Which actually, I pursued the military track. That was that, that was my track this game, which I don't normally do. But there was I didn't battle anybody. <laughs> you know? yeah. I pushed it to within one space to the top of the track, and there wasn't one fight in the whole game. Uh, so maybe that would have been a nice touch. I don't know. Totally. It felt like a little bit of a cross between Scythe and Euphoria, just the sort of abstract tech tree style of Euphoria. Yeah. But, but wanting to be a civilization builder at the same time. So I know they're very different. Games, yeah, but, but like lots of like separate mechanics on a board, and you it's a bit like a pick it, and yeah. mix, isn't it? Yeah, like there's a lot, there's like so many different game. avenues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big, a big old board game. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't they be more linear? You know, like Ludo, Snakes and Ladders. You know, you just go in one direction. One Super after Mario All Stars. Takedo. Yeah. Our next week's episode <laughs> of Board Chitless, Snakes and Ladders. Lucky playing no, frustration on his own. That, that goes backwards as well. We just want a straight line. <laughs> ladders. <laughs> um, I was just wondering, because I haven't read the blurb on the back or anything prior to this, so have they That's made... heavily researched the game before playing. <laughs> have they made an attempt to kind of give you a little bit of setting and... Read it out. Uh, here we go. So in Tapestry, you start from nothing and advance on any of the four advancement tracks. You can focus on a specific track. It's just talking about the 
game mechanics, really. Earn victory points. Tactics. Oh, here we go. Create... Yeah, go on. Go on. No. <laughs> Create a civilization with the most storied history starting at the beginning of humankind and reaching into the future. The paths you choose will make up your own story, isn't it? Basically. <laughs> so, tapestry, well, clues in the name, I guess. It's very pretty. Yeah. It is, though, isn't it? And it's fun yeah. as well. Um, and there's a lot of game in a box. There's a lot of components, lots of bits and pieces going on. Yeah. Lovely miniatures. Yeah. And um, what's what's the sort of price range we're looking at? Is it like a £50, £40 game? Is it a bit lighter than the wallet? I think we're shipping from, directly from America and everything. It, was, it wasn't cheap. I'm thinking 70 80 But you probably get, get it a lot cheaper from like local UK retailers. Yeah. Is that where you just super excited to get a copy of it that you oh, sort of yeah. expedited oh, rather than yeah. waiting for more UK just release. Second I heard yeah. about it, it's like Jamie Stegmaier doing a Civ game in Stonemaier have a reputation don't they? Especially in our group. Especially in our group. Yeah. <laughs> for delivering on quality. They're constantly living content. up to it. I mean like the, the component quality is amazing. It's, the it's like of the Steven game. Spielberg. You know, whatever, even if you don't like his films, you know they're still going to be great. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if you like have a bad time watching it you know the way it's produced and everything is going to be at yeah. a super high level. And it's the same with Stonemaier. It can't be on for half an hour longer than it should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my fault I finished early. What What is it compared? I can't remember what the game's called now, but the one that you got, the Wings... Wingspan. Bird, wingspan. Yeah. It diff- How do you think different? that? Well, the components are almost, um, in terms of like the rule book and stuff, that's all identical, like, you know. Um, but Wingspan's a sort of lightweight engine builder, whereas this is more like, you know, midweight Euro. Um, so, and two different designers as well. I think mean, you can't really compare them. They're, they're both good games. They could put different runtimes, different fields. I, I'd, as a gamer, I'd probably lean towards playing Tapestry more. Whereas if I'd just had a dinner party and I've got some people that haven't really played many games or don't too, show too much of an interest but want to humour <laughs> me, it'll be Wingspan. It'll just be so much easier to teach them, I think. That was Tapestry. Oh, yeah. And we'll be back hopefully soon with another episode of Board Checklist for you. More games and stuff. Whoop, whoop. Yay, nice. can't wait. <laughs> Until then, see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.